Welcome again to the That's My Dad podcast. We're, we're trying to inspire young fathers to be great dads and break cycles of generational fatherlessness. And th- today's a really special uh, interview for me. Uh, I was just telling the guys before we came live that, hey man, I hope I don't get emotional about this one. <laughs> got a got a, a young man here that I'm just super, super proud of, James Kelly. Welcome to the podcast, James. Thanks for having me. James is uh, one of the guys that grew up at Eagle Rock. And yep. uh, for, for those of you who don't know, I, f- I was founded Eagle Rock back in 1994. And I had the privilege of being there as the founder and director for 26 years. And saw, saw several hundred guys come through. And a lot of them I'm just super proud of. And James is right at the top of the list with guys that I'm proud of. Um and love them all, even the one you know, James. We were just talking. We got a few guys that we know that are that haven't done well. You know, we got yeah. a few in prison. Love those guys just the same. But it sure is good to see guys like yourself that have become men of quality and become husbands and fathers and, uh, and great employees. And man, you've done you've done well for yourself in a lot of different ways. So, thanks for coming in. Let's, uh, you know, one of the things I want to do with you, James, is I want to, I want you to inspire that young guy who's growing up in foster care, or maybe growing up in a group home, or maybe just kind of feels rejected by his dad. Um, you can relate to how that feels. So if, let's just kind of roll into this, and then we'll talk about your family. You got a great family, mm-hmm. married and got kids and all, but kind of roll into your life story. Let's hear that. So, you know, uh, life story, kind of early childhood, uh, the first five years of my life, I lived with uh, my mother, um, you know, and when I was five, she passed away. Um, uh, That's when I met my biological father, uh, Raymond. Um, You know, uh, I lived with him for... Uh, roughly, I, I want to say about five years, uh, but those five years were probably the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, abuse, neglect, uh, you name it, I, I've probably seen it. Yeah. And, you know. Um, I've read all your social summaries. I can vouch for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, then, you know, I, I think I was roughly, uh, I want to say, yeah, I was 10, and I moved in with my aunt, uh, and my aunt was exactly the same mm-hmm. you know, as my father. Um, you know, the the, uh, the excuse, the reason uh, that they give is, you know, that's the way they grew up. That's what they knew. Um, and so they just kind of passed it along to mm-hmm. the next generation. Um, uh, we got taken away from my aunt and put into foster care. Um, I believe I was 12, you know, that was the second time through foster care. Uh, and at 12, you know, that's when I actually started going into different foster homes. Um, and so, uh, it, it was just, for some reason, you know, I just never really found the right fit, you know, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went through foster home after foster home. Um, and you know, it, I, I like to say that I, I don't believe that I was a, a troubled kid, but 
you know, I, I think I was a normal adolescent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I just continuously went through different homes. You know, it just either uh, I didn't vibe with the parents that were there or the kids that were there. It, there, there was just always something. Um, and then when I was, I believe, 14 or 15 was uh, actually when I went and moved in at the ranch, you know. And so I know Raymond had already lived at the ranch for a few years before that. Your older brother. Uh, my he, older brother. He came when he was 11. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, he kind of got a, a head start. But, he did. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember going to see Raymond before he came to the ranch. They yeah. they called and said, "Hey, we got this eleven year old." And boy, you. you but he was a handful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rest yeah. in peace, Raymond. But he Absolutely. was a handful. Uh, but I remember going to pick him up yeah. and uh, and bringing him to the ranch. That I re- actually remember that day. So yeah. you came along a couple of years afterwards. It's a I think. few years afterwards. Um, you know, I think Raymond was. He, he moved into the ranch pretty much, I want to say, like, right after we left our aunt. Mm-hmm. When we left our aunt, that's, you know, pretty much mm-hmm. we went directly into Eagle Rock. And uh, myself and my older sister, uh, we kind of bounced around to different foster homes. Right. And then eventually uh, my sister went to a, a group home, and then I came to Eagle Rock. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of been history from there. You know, I, I've met – uh, plenty of different mentors and uh, leaders and uh, along the way that have helped kind of mold me into who I am today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've, I've learned the right way to do things in the wrong ways. You know, everyone who I, who I meet on a daily basis, you know, I look for what they can, you know, teach me uh, or what I can learn from them, you know, um, Everyone has, or <laughs> kind of one of my favorite sayings is, you know, everyone is the main character in their own story. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> I always look to, to see what I can learn from, from any and everyone that I come in contact with. Um, you know, and uh, I feel like that contributes to who I am today. Uh, but definitely uh, after moving into the ranch, um, you know, I learned a lot of different things, you know, work ethic is one of my top important things. That you started out working <laughs> in our thrift stores. Absolutely. Well, that wasn't the start. The start was the, you know, we had uh, different people that would, you know, we would go and work for, like, yeah. you know, they would contact you and like, hey, we have some side work, you know, uh, cut grass, whatever it was, bell hay. Uh, there was always like a job somewhere. And, and, you know, I think that was like really where it started. And uh, like, that's where not that's really where I learned that, hey, you know, if you just work hard, people will pay you. They'll yeah. pay you to do yeah. just about anything. It's crazy how that works, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. You yeah. know, you just got to gotta be gotta be willing to, to learn and be moldable and, and work hard, you know. You know, it's just all a matter of of you wanting to. But let's, we, we skipped out a little bit. You were at the ranch from, and, and you actually got adopted, but it was not a normal <laughs> adoption. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, – you know, I, like I said, I, I moved to the ranch when I was about 14, 15. Um, and I believe, you know, my uh, mom and dad, uh, Belinda and Andy Heady, uh, you know, they started working there uh, mm-hmm. right around 
the age, I, I believe I was 15 going into 16, somewhere in mm-hmm. there. Um, and, you know, mom was uh, the, the kindest soul you'll ever meet. Absolutely. You know, and she's still exactly Absolutely. the same way, you know. I think she's a little tougher now after. She's a lot tougher. Working at the ranch for some yeah. years and now she's directing. Still, she's you know. still the kindest, most tenderhearted Absolutely. person, but she's Absolutely. toughened up. Yeah, and then and then dad, you know, he he's uh, he's dad, you know. Yeah. He, he has so much grace that it's insane, you know. It's it was really nice being able to see uh I, I guess a man, uh, you know, you know, he's a big guy, you know, 6'6", six, six, you know, yeah. firefighter. Big, big firefighter. You know, he's a pretty big guy, but you know, he's uh, uh <laughs> he I not a teddy bear, but you know, he he's a He's, he, he he's shows gentle. grace. He shows he's gentle. You know, definitely. He, it's not that he's weak. He's gentle. Absolutely. You know, and I, I believe he's probably the first one who's uh, first male figure that kind of showed me that it's okay to, mm-hmm. to be a big, broly guy that, you know, can be soft and gentle yeah. when needed. And, you know, he could also be the tough guy if he needed to be. But most of the time he, he wants to be the soft-spoken, you know, uh, gentle uh, man. Yeah, know, yeah. Know. He's not going to be run over. Absolutely I, I can tell you <laughs> that. But I, I remember a time, yeah, I'm sure you remember this, I hired you to paint one of my rental houses. Mm-hmm. I and, do. And Andy went and, and did it with you. Mm-hmm. The two of you went and did that together. And that spoke to me so much that he didn't need the money. Yeah. I mean, he was he was doing that because he wanted to, to do something with you. Absolutely. And wanted to, to teach you something. And it was a pain in the neck of a house to paint. Wasn't it really it? was, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and uh, so he took his he took the time to go and and I think you were paying your way through something at the time, making some money for some reason. You're kind of you were a little older at the time. Yeah. So they, you got to know them through the ranch, and you went on, graduated from high school. Got out of high school, you know, um, kind of. <laughs> I tell everybody, you know. Uh, it wasn't like a, uh, a just a, a decision that was made. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. adopt you. We're gonna you, you can move in. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was it was more or less. You know, kind of just just fit in. You know, yeah. it, it was like a puzzle piece that was that was missing that just slid into place. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, from day one, you know, uh, <laughs> I would just spend the night. You know, one day mm-hmm. a week or. Yeah, you know, there were weekend or visiting resources, sort. as they call it. But mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then just over time, just you know, kind of kept moving, moving my stuff in, and then eventually, you know, they they looked at me and was like, "Are you just are you just gonna move in?" Yeah, I, like, I remember that. You kind of <laughs> eased your way into the house. That's it. It's like when you went when you went to the to spend the weekend, some stuff didn't come back. That's that's about right. I was know. watching all that happen. It was kind of entertaining. <laughs> Because they were loving it, too. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't just you. They were off. I mean, there were a lot of guys that mm-hmm. uh, had the opportunity. And different ones of the Eagle Rock staff through the years, including myself, you know, we had, had guys come and live in our personal homes. So mm-hmm. it was all done through – had to go through the proper channels. But Absolutely. But you really took advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. And so sometime after you got out of high school uh, – well, actually, you were an adult with children, I think. Uh, yeah, I was I was an adult with uh, I think I had at, at least I, I know I had at least one kid, um, and you know that's when they adopted me. You know they yeah. 
dad approached me one day and he, he just kind of looked at me and was like, you know, uh, never really thought to ask this, but is this something that, that you'd be interested in? Yeah. I was like, absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, I, I see you guys as, as my parents, you know, you, you've mentored me. Uh, you, you've, you've helped me grow as a person more than, you know, my biological family, you know, so, um, to me, that is family. That that's that's the definition. You know, somebody who's who's helping you, helping you grow. You know, looking out for your best, mm-hmm. or, or having your best interest at, in mind at all times. You know, that's you know, it's. Um, what do you what What does that? Is there any way you can express what that means to you? To that you're now part of. You're in a. You're not just part of. You're legally, officially part of a family. What does that mean to you? Uh, you know, at at first, you know, I probably couldn't tell you. Um, you know, when, when, uh, kind of being an adult and, you know, uh, having to kind of fend for yourself, um, you know, it, and versus like going from being a child, like, you know, as a child, it meant everything. Um, you know, as an adult, it, it still means the world to have like a resource that is there to help you at all times. But definitely as a child, you know, um, and and some of those other kids that lived at the ranch with us, uh, you know, uh, will definitely attest to this. We we would have conversations, you know, amongst ourselves constantly about getting adopted one day, you know. Yeah. And just, mm. you know, uh, I, I remember uh, when I was 15, 16, at the time, like, I, I kept telling everybody and myself, I was like, you know, I just want to get adopted and have a family that, you know, that'll buy me a car, you know, you know, help support mm-hmm. me through things, you know, and it, it was, um, it, it was, it was, it was tough growing up with, without that. And, you know, I feel like Eagle Rock definitely helped support a lot of that stuff. You know, like, uh, I was telling some of these guys is, um, you know, my very first vehicle that I bought, I actually bought from you, yeah. you know, working for you, you know, bought yeah. it from you. It was, you know, uh, fairly priced, you know, it was like, a it was a ES three hundred Lexus, you know. I think I paid like a thousand bucks for it, something like that, you know. And it, yeah, it, I drove it all through high school, uh, first couple of years of college, and you know, it 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 was there and it was it was good. And you know, like I said before, uh, for years, like I, I wanted, kind of wanted somebody else to to step in and and help, but mm-hmm. you know, I think that was one of the. Uh, lessons that I learned to where I could depend on myself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, you helped me realize like, Hey, you know, if you work hard, you can buy your own car. Mm-hmm. You know, if you work hard, you know, you can have your own things. You don't have to have someone else support you and give you a handout to, to, yeah. to live your life. You know, that's always sort of a hallmark of, of Eagle Rock is to, if we didn't teach kids to take care of themselves, we weren't doing them any favors. I think what happened with your car, what happened, dozens of cars were donated. Mm-hmm. And people would say, well, I want you to give them to, to one of your boys. No way, I'm not giving them a car. Yeah. Think I'm an idiot or something? <laughs> They're going to work for it. Now, we, it'd be half price. Mm-hmm. But you had to earn that money. Absolutely. And, and it wasn't about the ranch needing the money. It, it was about the kids needing the work ethic and the sense of, value and pride that it instilled in you so it's good for me to see now and boy you've moved up there's a nice big truck sitting out in the <laughs> came a long way from the old donated lexus yeah yeah 
if you could have rewritten your life script, would you do any different? Mm, that is a very good question. Uh, <laughs> maybe if you had asked me when I was a, when I was a kid, I, I would have said, absolutely. You know, I, I want different things. I want, you know, uh, but, you know, who I turned out to be, uh, I feel like it, it really, you know, my childhood and my life, you know, story really made me who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, as I mentioned before is I, I've had so many mentors growing up that I feel like if, if I rewrote the story and I had a normal childhood that, you know, I wouldn't have those experiences. I wouldn't look at life the way that I look at it now. Yeah. Um, you know, but definitely, you know, um, for instance, uh, Charles Manning, uh, mm-hmm. he was my first mentor, uh, right before I came to the ranch, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he kind of taught me, he, he taught me, you know, uh, kind of, he, he taught me discipline basically and, and discipline in the right way, you know, uh, like physical and mental discipline, you know, uh, he's a boxer, you know, he, he liked to teach, he wanted to teach me how to box. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has like seven children. Um, but, and he did the same with his children. Uh, but, you know, that's something that I picked up from him is just mental discipline and, you know, being able to, um, you know, train and, and do things that, you know, uh, I feel like if, if I rewrote the story, that's one of the parts of the story that I would want to keep in the story. Okay. Same with you. Like, you know, you, you taught me work ethic. Um, you know, I, I, I would want to keep that in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, rewriting the story, it, I, I couldn't take the bad without taking the good yeah. way too. So, yeah. um, you know, the, and I feel like the good outweighs the bad. Don't you feel like a lot of young men, though, they they focus on rewriting their story and they live in a fantasy world of – Absolutely. Of if it was only this way, I could be this. If it, if this had happened, I could be this. When the the fact of the matter is, you can you can be pretty much whatever God allows you to be, and the, your 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 story and the things that happen to you don't have to define who you are. Absolutely. You're you're a, you're a great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you roll with the punches. Uh, you, you know your family situation, as we've talked about. But then you had a, a, a real tragedy with with Raymond, your brother. You want to talk about that? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I, I feel like we can, you know, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, I, I've not really talked with, talked with anybody about it. Um, you know, it was, it, it was the, the only way I can explain it is losing your best friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And it, and it has been for me too. Um, because Raymond was like, you know he he was he was there with me before you were, and he was he was you know almost like my own child really. I uh, I spent a lot of time with Raymond, and um, he had some issues, but you know people people don't know, so I'll tell the story. Raymond was killed in a car accident on New, New Year's Eve. Was it two thousand eleven? Twelve. Twelve. Uh, there was a string of years there where every December and January we lost a, a, a child. Yeah. Um, I mean, I lost personally, I think, I think we added it up over my career. We lost 10, 10 guys. And so I would have to go on several occasions and identify the bodies as, as uh, you know, I, re- I remember James, I remember the day that that happened. Um, I, we didn't know it. 
we didn't know what had happened. And on a Sunday afternoon, I got a – you may not know this, but I received a call from the coroner mm-hmm. looking for dental records. And as I was receiving that call, you pulled in the driveway. Yeah. And I and it all – our, our world just unfolded. His car had exploded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were having to use dental records. And you went through that like a – I, that was a tough time, but I remember you handling it almost too well. <laughs> uh, it, I guess behind the scenes, you know, that's that's where it kind of unfolded. Um, you know, uh, it was one of those situations where you know it, it just felt like it was something that I had to I had to be strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, but definitely I have friends who could attest. You know. Uh, Behind the scenes, it was it, it was it was tough. Yeah, uh, it's still tough. Uh, you know, uh, around December, January every year, it, yeah. it it still still sits with me. Um, you know, I guess the way the best way to describe it is you know everything that I went through, I had someone there that went through it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and kind of. Losing that person, it was like it. That it, it was tough. It was tough. It's still tough. It's still tough. Still tough on all of us. But he Raymond ended up having a, a huge impact on a lot of people in a, in a positive way. Let's move on to something a little more happy. <laughs> okay, you're a dad. Yes. Now, first of all, you're married. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Wonderful wife, Ashley. Absolutely. Um, that that was one of the best moves you made. By the way, definitely, definitely. yeah. Uh, but you're a dad. Tell us about your kids and what they mean to you. Oh man, uh, it, it's really hard to explain. You know, um, it, it's they 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 are my world. Um, like I said before, you know the the sunglasses they weren't that big of a deal. You know, and I see that with my own children. There there is nothing that they could come to me and say or or say or do that I would ever have that response. Like, hey. You're not allowed around me, like it, so. Um, and and like I said, that's just something that I just didn't understand. Like, mm-hmm. like hey, how could you have that response to to your own child, you know, mm-hmm. your biological child at that? You know, what are, what are you trying to do as a dad to to make your life your kid's life the best that it can be? Uh, absolutely, I'm trying to I'm trying to give them everything I didn't have and and more. You know. Um, uh, I actually, I had this, this conversation with my, my uh, father-in-law that, um, you know, I want my children to know everything I know. So I'm working to teach them everything I know. So if work ethic, discipline, you know, grace, all of it. I want them mm-hmm. to know it so they can capitalize on top of that. So mm-hmm. when they get older, they can, they can take what I've taught them and keep moving forward from there. I want to give you a chance finally to do something I know is important to you. Um, Belinda and Andy Heaty adopted you, mm-hmm. made you part of their family, not not just emotionally but and spiritually, but legally. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they are two probably two most wonderful people I've ever known, and I know you feel that way. But I want to give you a chance to speak to them. And um, it's kind of hard to do that face-to-face sometimes, you it know? Is. It is. But when they're not in the room and it's just us and the camera, 
they're going to see this. And James, I, I, I think I'm. This is an opportunity I want to give you to just speak to them, whatever you want to speak to them. I got you. Um, but yeah, uh, mom and dad, you know, uh, thank you for for everything you've done. You know, you, you've you've helped me become who I am. Been a, a a support from uh, longer than I've known just about anybody else. Uh, um, you know, it, every day, you know, my my even your grandchildren, they they look to you and and they want to to have a life and and love and uh, their nan and pop. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I can't explain what it means to me, everything that you've done, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's, the, it's my life, you know, that's, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. We've, we've got a little gift for you that we would, we want to show you. I gave you that apple can you do Oh. I love you, Dad, for teaching me how to fish. I love you forever. <laughs> I love you, Dad, for everything you do. Wow. James, that's awesome for me to get to see that you've grown up to be the man that you are. And I got a feeling that 20 years from now, those kids are going to be saying, I, I love you, Dad. Thanks for being there for me. Thanks for flipping the script on my family. Thank, thanks for changing things so that I could have the life that I have. You're an inspiration to a lot of guys. I want to. I want to tell you, you're an inspiration to me. You're uh, an encouragement to me, and I'm proud of you more than you'll ever know. Thank you. That'll conclude this episode of the That's My Dad podcast, where we're inspiring young fathers to become great dads and breaking cycles of generational fatherlessness. I hope we've inspired some young man today with James Kelly's story because James is a, a guy who flipped the script and you can do it too. See you next week.